give yourself all the time in the world and shop around. Um, get a few opinions if you think it's necessary. Don't believe the person you're told. Today we're going to be speaking to um, Ken Hunt from Hunt Migration. Um, first, I, I guess, can you, you you can maybe just introduce yourself briefly before we actually get started? Uh, sure, Ken Hunt. I'm an immigration lawyer. Uh, I'm also a registered agent, uh, and I've practiced exclusively uh, in immigration law for about 15 years. Awesome, great. So, Ken, I mean, today's episode we're obviously um, talking about uh, visa issues amidst COVID-19 since all these changes have happened and particularly I'm interested in this um, sort of position of international students in this in this space at the moment and within this current climate at the moment. So I guess just broadly what are some of the visa implications um, of the current situation uh, on international students and temporary visa holders broadly? Look I, I, I should to start answering that, say that essentially it is still business as usual with the Department of Home Affairs. Yeah. Um, so if you're onshore and you hold a valid visa, then all the traditional options that you had are still available to you. Um, of course, it's severely impacted people that were caught offshore but hold a current student visa. And whilst the government has tried to um, use things such as online study, et cetera, to allow people to keep studying whilst they're offshore, um, that doesn't really work. So uh, I think uh, most people that have been caught outside the country will have to stay outside the country for at least another six months, uh, right. possibly 12 months by the time they're... But that's the, the talk around it anyway. Okay. Um, I don't think there'll be any relaxation allowing student visa holders back into the country this year. So wow. I think if they're offshore, that's it for the year. Um, now, of course, if you're onshore, um, then the main issue at the moment, I've got a daughter who's at university studying and uh, she's currently doing it remotely. Mm. Um, and uh, I, th I think if, if you're an international student and you're doing that, well, um, technically it's a violation of your student visa because you have to be doing face-to-face -face learning. Mm -hmm. But the government has made it very clear that they're not going to take such a harsh view in the current um, circumstances. So if you are having to study remotely, etc., you don't have to be concerned about uh, the implications with regards to attendance requirements on your student visa. But what, what if your student visa is running out? A lot of uh, a lot of universities have deferred their actual courses, as opposed to the student deferring their studies. Universities have deferred courses. I should say, if a university has deferred your course, you're allowed to stay here on your student visa, and you're allowed to keep working 40 hours a fortnight. Hmm. So even if the course can't continue, but you're here lawfully doing the right thing, then your student visa will continue. Hmm. Now, if your student visa is running out, then all the traditional onshore options are available to you. Um, the first of which might be another student visa. Yeah. And if, if that is the uh, situation you're in, then you should be applying about six weeks before the current visa expires. Um, or anyone who satisfies the two-year study rule in Australia can get a 485. Um, so that's still there and an option and should be used if it's available. And all the, all the traditional skill streams and employer-sponsored streams are still there as well. 
Yeah. I, I should say employer-sponsored programs are getting harder uh, right. as unemployment grows. Hmm. Great. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Um, so what are some of the, I mean, you said that traditional pathways are usually still available, but like in the case of people who have perhaps become stranded or have lost their jobs or been stood down, um, whose visas might be expiring or don't really have those options, can't go back home because there's no flights available yeah. or some universities are also allowing part-time study, but the visa main, visa requires you to maintain full-time study. So what are, I mean, can, can in this situation those, those um, sort of rules be relaxed a little bit? Yeah, the government is taking a fairly relaxed view if, you, if you're still studying but having to do it part-time. You can only but conform with what your college or university is offering. Right. So as long as you're complying, uh, you won't be penalised. Uh, but if you, you use the word stranded, and it's a word that we hear very often at the moment. Um, look, the, the, the advice from the Department of Home Affairs is basically if you're on a student visa and you can't leave to apply for a tourist visa. Um, now that's all well and good, um, but you'll be stuck here then with no work rights. Um, there's no easy solution to that. Hmm. Uh, the other visa which they're uh, referring people to and re everyone's referring to it as the pandemic visa is hmm. the 408. Uh, hmm. government-sponsored stream. So that's also available. The only advantage on doing the 408 over the um, tourist visa is that the 408 is free. Hmm. Save yourself three or $400. Um, I should also say that uh, whether it be a tourist visa or a 408, um, the people that listen to your, your podcast should be really clear. These are really simple things to do yourself. Yeah. You do not need to be engaging people like myself to do these very simple things. Hmm. Uh, so if you find yourself in a situation where your current visa is expiring, get online, uh, set up an EMI account and do that yourself. Yeah. It's always important to remember as well, as soon as you apply for another visa, you're extinguishing your previous visa. So um, if, if your intention is to be here in the future and keep studying, then you'll have to return to another student visa at some other stage. Right. Okay. So you could go on a 408 and then go back on a student visa if... Uh, you could, um, but of course, it also depends on the conditions that the government puts yeah. on the visa. Yeah. Now, we're not seeing no further stay conditions being placed on these visas at this stage. Yep. Um, but that can be placed on a tourist visa as well. So so that's most people know that as an 8503 condition. It's a no further stay. Um, students generally never have an 8503, so they're free to apply for any other visa in the country. Mm -hmm. um, so as long as there is no 8503 condition, then you should be free to apply for any other visa at the expiration of the tourist visa or the 408. Great. So just as an example, I mean, I know you said something about the part-time. Would that be an option for international students? They need to maintain full-time enrollment. Well, that's, that's uh, like the point I was making before, where the university actually defers the course. And even if they're deferring certain subjects and they can only offer part-time, then where the deferment comes from the university, you can stay on your student visa and there's no foul. So you won't violate your conditions. Oh, great. Okay, that's good to know. That's really good to know. So full-time's generally considered three subjects a semester minimum. Yeah. But if you are reduced to one or two and you're forced into that circumstance and it's beyond your control, then I wouldn't be concerned. Right. So you can't, I guess, opt to go there. It's, if it's beyond your control, you have to. Okay. Well, there's... Yeah, if, you're, if you're opting to go there, then that's, a, that's you deferring, not the university. That's a very different matter. That's a different matter. All right. Okay. That makes more sense. And any other news coming out of the Department of Home Affairs with regards to issues arising from COVID, apart from the sort of 408 visa that they've suggested? Look, um, not a lot. Um, it's been fairly um, stagnant now for about a week. 
Um, as things start to reopen here, um, there's not a lot of new um, news coming out of the department. Um, I think though that for graduating students, um, things are gonna get a little tougher. Um, this is only my opinion, um, mm. but I've been doing it a long time. I think those employer-sponsored programs will have to be reviewed with rising unemployment in Australia. Mm. If unemployment gets 10% then those 482s and 186s and, and other visas that got a lot of students to PR are gonna disappear. Uh, not disappear, but they'll be, the quota numbers will come right down. So um, uh, skilled visas should remain the same, but they might start really looking at the list of occupations. Uh, I should also say with higher education, uh, uh, high research degrees, PhDs, uh, etc. It's really important that students also remember that their time spent doing research on their PH degree, PH, um, PhD is counted towards as work experience. Mm. A lot of students can't step into employer-sponsored visas because they don't meet the two-year work rule. Right. But if you've been working on a PhD, it is possible to count that work experience. So um, not always, but it, it, it is one of the exceptions. So if you've been doing research for a few years on a PhD, um, then you can use that to meet the minimum work experience requirement to do an employer-sponsored visa. So, so people, you know, should be aware of that as well. Oh, that's really, really good to know. Well, that only applies to people doing PhDs. Okay. Um, but otherwise, look, um, as I say, it is business as usual. The, the department is moving most other things along. I should say, um, just as a side note with students, a lot of students apply for family visas as well. Yes. Uh, obviously, if you have a family visa option, uh, because the family visa options are, are the most stable area of the program. Mm. Um, they change very little, and they haven't changed really for 10 years. So if you're in that situation, although they're an expensive option, I would be going there if you can. Okay. All right. No, that's really good to know. And any, I guess, uh, sort of uh, um, news coming out of the migration community as well, the migration industry or the migration community, anything to be aware of or, I guess consider um, in, in, in seeking advice as well? Um, not really. Um, I, I would say this to anyone who is seeking advice, just as a cautionary tale. Um, make sure that the person you're talking to is registered. Yeah. Um, look at their registration number. The first two digits tell you how, how long they've been registered. Um, and if you're going to take complex advice, make sure you're taking it with someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. No, those are really good points, Ken. Um, and finally, I guess I just wanted to ha um, have some questions about your organization as well. So the kinds of work that you do um, and what kind of sort of um, support mechanisms are available through your organization. So we do everything in Australian migration, um, particularly during the virus. Uh, um, we've tried to take a fairly um, uh, communal approach to what we do. So we're giving free, we always give free appointments, I should say, that's, that predates the virus, but we continue to do that now. And, and anyone's free to contact us and we'll keep them pointed in the right direction if they're managing their own applications. Um, if, if there's anyone out there that has a no further stay condition on their visa, then at no charge, we're, uh, we're doing the exemption applications for them. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll help them with the travel exemption applications that they need to leave Australia. Mm. Um, so we do that at no charge. So. Um, they can feel free to fill out an inquiry form on our website, email us. Um, we can't necessarily call everyone. Hmm. We're pretty much back to back all day long at the moment. If it's a very quick question, fill out the inquiry form on our website and we'll very happily answer it as soon as we get time to do it. And it's usually the same day. Hmm. 
I have a general rule in migration. Yeah, um, never leave things to the last minute. Uh, time pressure and visas never go together. Mm. Um, so even if your visa doesn't expire for three or four months, um, start talking to somebody now and have a plan. Yeah. Uh, because all too often we get people contacting us the day or two before their visa expires uh, and, and often we can't assist. Some really, really good points. Ken, thank you so much for your time again to actually... LabGrids was created by Hamid Siddiqui and Alex Ray. Our team includes Inquayu, Marina Khan, Michael Horgan, Drew Martin, and Kaylin Cole. You can support us by giving us a like and sharing our content, as well as purchasing our merchandise. See the description for links.